Thank you for being my first guest. I'm honored. Yep. You're actually like one of the first people that I thought about because like I know that you always have like stuff to say about so many topics. Yeah, like your stories, like they're so like I always watch them. Um, so I know that you're always here for like the gym and your clients and your classes, and I know that you're also a firefighter. How do you how do you balance that? Like how do you make time for both of those lifestyles? Like I'm sure there's clashes where like you have to pick a shoe sometimes. Yeah. So I'll be upfront. Um being a firefighter kind of affords me a lot of time. We work at, in Jersey City, we work 24 hours on and 72 hours off. Mm. So during the 24 hours, I'm at the firehouse on call, um, which means, you know, we're just responding to things throughout the day. But during my 72 hours off, I basically have the time to have a full-time second job. Um, and Jordan, the owner of the gym, you know, uh, Jordan and Kim uh, hired me as the, the GM a few months ago. And it's been, honestly, it's been pretty great. It's not like, I don't really feel like I'm balancing anything um, because I have my main passions in fitness and CrossFit and weightlifting. Uh, so firefighting is uh, just a second full-time career, but I have all the time in the world when I'm not at the firehouse to pursue this stuff. So I wouldn't say, yeah, it's not really like a balancing act. There's definitely like give and take. Like, let's say we have like, a crappy night at the firehouse. Can I curse? Yeah, yeah, you can say whatever Fuck you want. Fuck yeah, okay. <laughs> if we have like a shitty night at the firehouse, um, like let's say we got like a three o'clock in the morning call or like a fire that lasts for a really long time, then I might be like a zombie the next day. But again, like big shout out to Jordan and Kim because like they, they honored that. I don't teach any morning classes. I'm generally not here until 10 o'clock. So it all works out. That's cool. So you probably don't have to like do a lot of crazy stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we do. Uh, it's just like when I'm on call, you know what I mean? Like, and there's no overtime. Yeah. Uh, like they won't call me in during my 72 hours. I'm never on call technically for that time. Um, so like I said, I could spend like all of my energy on this and I have like, you know, other things like a partner and things like that. Yeah. So what is your fitness philosophy? My I know, fitness I know that's philosophy? A, yeah, that's a really broad question. Oh, hell so, like, yeah. Any way that you want to answer it, go for it. Hmm. So I will be straight up about that too i know this is a very polarizing topic but i have been teaching and doing crossfit in some shape or another since like 2010. um i actually opened up the first crossfit gym in curacao uh, in 2012 with two other people um so my philosophy isn't really a philosophy per se it's sort of just like i do crossfit and if i don't want to turn this into like a what is crossfit thing uh but all of my clients i train people one-on-one -on -one. the classes i teach in here as you know are crossfit classes i do some shape of crossfit and just like quick little elevator pitch crossfit is constantly varied high intensity functional movements so we're doing things that have like a transfer into daily life we're doing them at high intensity so we're usually doing them fast um, and then we vary it so that we can expose the clients to like a range of movements and a range of stimuli if that makes sense. Yeah. So how did you end up in Curacao? Like, I wanted to ask you about that. Great. Oh, that so I figured that would come up. Yeah. But so in 2000, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm so old, I forget. But in 2009 or 10, my buddy Mark got me my first personal training job at a regular gym in downtown Jersey City. Um, and I met my friend who would become my business partner. His name is Yvonne. And he, he drank the CrossFit Kool-Aid heavy. 
like for the, for a couple of years we were doing classes together. I was training him one on one. I was training a small group of his friends um, through CrossFit principles. We even started like a CrossFit class in the gym, which was like totally illegal, but we got away with it somehow because we didn't call it CrossFit. So it wasn't a CrossFit gym; it was just like a regular gym that you were CrossFit teaching at. Yeah, I'm not. I'm trying not to say the name of the gym just in case. I don't know if okay. there's like a copyright thing. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. Probably Wait. not. But it was a regular gym. CrossFitters call it a global gym. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I I guess I impressed him. He actually followed me to Dumbo. I, I, my first technical CrossFit coaching gig was in CrossFit Dumbo. That's in uh, Brooklyn. I think it just recently closed down, RIP. But he followed me there. And then literally one day we're traveling back to uh, Jersey City on the subway. And he's like, yo, you ever thought about opening up your own gym? And I was like, of course. This is like a 21-year-old me. Um and I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I, I had dropped out of college. I didn't really know what I was doing. Like, I, I felt like good being a personal trainer as a, as a career. Um, but, you know, that sounded like something I wanted to do. And he took me and my buddy Shabam for a week there uh, just to check the island out. And I fell in love. And then from 2012 to late 2017 or 18, I, I, I forget again. Uh, yeah, we were running it. The gym initially was called CrossFit 5999, and now you can look it up. It's 5999 Fitness. Uh, since then, obviously, I have left. We had a third partner. His name was his name is Heirik. He's now in the Netherlands. So all three of the original owners of CrossFit 5999 ended up in their home countries. So he stayed in Curacao because he's from, he's from there. That's why we chose Curacao. He got married while we were there, um, and he runs the gym now as it is. Uh, Heirik went with his wife to the Netherlands. They have a baby and everything, and I'm back home. And that's actually why I became a firefighter. So, yeah, okay. I hope that answers that. So then, if you you started out as a personal trainer, yeah, yeah. So I got yeah, I got my first gig as a personal trainer at that global gym. Um, yeah, back '09 or 2010, something like that. You know, that's like more than 10 years ago. Like sometimes I feel like I'm still stuck in 2020. Dude, yeah. I'm so old. Yeah. No, you're not. You're fine. I feel so <laughs> old. Like saying, like saying my story is so crazy because I'm like, oh my gosh, that really was over 10 years over ago. Over 10 it's years 2023. Ago. So like 13 years. Yeah. I'm 13 years. Almost 14 because like we're almost in June. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah. So how is it different training personal client, personal client? Like one on one per personal training clients versus like barbell athlete clients. Oh, great question. Um, there's not really much of a difference in terms of like me as a trainer. I guess this also kind of bleeds into what my philosophy is. I always go with the it depends on the person approach. So, it, regardless of if they're a barbell athlete, like I train weightlifters, um, I've never trained a powerlifter, but I, I probably could. Uh, and like normal gym goers, like that just want to look better naked or, you know, just perform better day to day. Uh, there's, I wouldn't say there's much of a difference outside of like exercise prescription, but because I basically come back to CrossFit as like the core of my training, it's, you can tailor it to any person. Like if I want to take a, a weightlifter through a CrossFit workout, I can tailor it to them. If I want to take a bodybuilder to through a CrossFit workout, I can tailor it to them. If I want to take a powerlifter through a CrossFit workout, I can absolutely tailor it to you. It's about understanding what CrossFit is. And again, I won't turn it into a what is CrossFit thing. Yeah. Um, but I hope that answers that. So then like you covered it from like your side, having to deal with those people. Like what about personal training clients as opposed to like weightlifter clients, like them specifically, how are they different? Like what's their mindset like? It has been my experience and maybe other personal trainers can relate 
that um, regular people, like non-competitive clientele, um, most of the time they just kind of want someone to hold them accountable. You know, they pay us good money uh, to be with them for the hours that we spend with each other each week. Um, and them versus a competitive athlete, I would say that there's more, um, probably more talking. Like I, I kind of like joke around, uh, it's similar to like barbers. Like you end up kind of being like a therapist of sorts. Um, you end up, you know, being friends with these people. Like my eventual business partner started off as a client, you know what I mean? And he would have never known about me, anything about me as a man. Uh, if we didn't speak on a personal level. Now, when you get like a competitive athlete to train, like I used to train one of our mutual friends, Justin, right? It's a, it's way different, way different because you're there and you have a goal in mind. You have a, not that regular people don't have goals. Like you have like a competition in mind, maybe you have numbers in mind to hit maybe. And then regular people, like I still, I have one client I'm thinking off the top of my head right now. I don't want to say her name. Um, she's just training to be generally stronger. So I picked some metrics, so I'm using the, the push press and the back squat as our metrics to measure strength. Um, and yeah, so again, it, it really depends on the person, but regular people and athletes don't defer by much. I would just say if I had to say something different, uh, regular people probably talk a little bit more than athletes. Yeah. Do you account for that like in the, in the session? Like if you're talking for 10 minutes, is that 10 minutes out of the session? Nah, like, no, no, no. no. So, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'll go over the hour. It even happens in class. And that's not, that's not like the best thing to admit. Yeah. Like when I'm teaching classes, if I'm, you know, if I'm feeling the class, if the energy is good, I have a rapport with these people. Um, I'll spend a couple extra minutes. Like, uh, you know, it's 16, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I never would do okay. something like that. Um, and sometimes we go, we go early. Sometimes we go over it just, it, again, it, it always depends on, on the person. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a good answer for basically any question. It depends. Yeah. It that's depends. my, that's my like life philosophy. Yeah. It depends. Get that as a tattoo. Um, so if you're talking about like metrics, what do you think in your opinion is the best measure of strength? Woo. Mm-hmm. The best measure of strength for yeah. me is probably the back squat. The back squat. Um, yeah. Low the bar back... or high bar? I would or say just... high bar. Okay. Uh, yeah. I high agree bar. With you. Yeah. Because high bar is a good measure of literally everything. I mean, minus the upper body. But a true show of strength, usually things happen from like the core to the extremity. And when you talk about like just an upper body thing, you're going to be like inherently limited by the way you can press. So a back squat, it's like a happy medium. Like some people just like are shit deadlifters. And then we get into discussion of like sumo or conventional. The back squat is like, there's, there's no question. If you hit a full depth high bar back squat, your lower body, your core, your, your entire body really is demonstrating uh, brute strength. That's, that's, that's how I would answer that probably in terms of just strength yeah you know what i mean so what about core strength what do you think is the best measure of core strength there's a lot but like if you could pick like core strength yeah three yeah three movements to demonstrate core strength Mm -hmm. copenhagen's uh so despite my little (laughs) copenhagen plank obsession uh i would not say that it was is copenhagen planks i would probably still say that the back squat is one of them you know what i mean if you have a weak ass core you're gonna fold uh maybe the front squat too like my, I did a, a a squat clean workout yesterday in CrossFit and my abs actually felt really sore like during it, you know? So same idea with the back squat. If your core is not tight, you'll fold the fuck over with a front squat or a clean. If your core is not tight, you're probably going to round over as well. And then my third one, I guess I would have to say just a typical plank, just like an isometric hold of sorts. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think core strength strength is really demonstrated by 
your ability to flex your spine, like move your spine. I think my my ideal like core strength comes from your ability to resist movement, whether it's flexion, extension, or rotation. You know what I mean? But again, that's probably like my bias from like being a barbell athlete for so long. Yeah. How long can you hold a plank? Just regular, not weighted. Um, I haven't tested in a while, but I I would probably guess if I just dropped and did a plank right now, it would be like two or three minutes, yeah. something like that. Do you think it's necessary to be able to hold it more than like 20, 30 seconds? Like, how does that apply to like real life situations? So that depends. That Again, depends. I'm, I'm going to say that a lot. <laughs> so it depends, right? If you can hold a plank for 20 to 30 seconds, I can rely on your core for 20 to 30 seconds. You have to think about the application. Like, what is this person trying to do? Is this person trying to compete in, let's, let's use your sport. If you're trying to compete as a powerlifter, like maybe a 20, 30 second hold is not necessary. Like you're, how long would a grinding squat take you, not give or take? Five seconds. Five max. seconds. So if you want to think about specificity for that, I would argue that you should train planks to 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. Like there's probably like a point of diminishing returns. Like let's say like I can do a 20 second plank with a hundred kilos on my ass. Then going higher than that on time Could wouldn't be. carry over too much. No, that's a lot. Yeah, that's I just said some arbitrary. I don't know why <laughs> I said that number. Pounds. That is a lot of fucking yeah. weight. But I mean, like, that's how if I were training a powerlifter, I would I would base it off of that. Um, like, how long are you gonna need it? Um, I yeah, I would. I probably wouldn't go much longer than twenty or thirty seconds. Is that what you do? Is that why you said that yeah. number? Yeah, like I think I could go up to forty five seconds with like thirty pounds. But like, I don't, I don't like honestly, I don't think it really applies. I think I agree with you. Like, if you could go like. 20 seconds max i think that's all you really need yeah yeah exactly um it, and again it just depends on the cycle like if uh, speaking on i i can't speak too much on powerlifters but mm -hmm. i i could probably put two and two together just from like my experience with weightlifters depending on how close to the meet you are you're gonna get more specific right so if you're like fucking more than 12 weeks out from a meet maybe 16 plus weeks out maybe there's value in you know developing some general physical preparedness by doing longer planks like a minute to two minutes but I always, again, it depends, right? I just think about the end goal. If your goal is to like have a big squat and a deadlift and you're not grinding for more than five seconds, I think 20, 30 seconds is probably all you need to develop, like the, yeah. the requisite strength uh, for your sport and your movements. Yeah, so talking about powerlifters and weightlifters, how would you describe their like personality differences? Powerlifters and weightlifters' personalities. Yep. That's a loaded question uh -huh. because, as you know, Georgia City Barbell, the gym that I just recently took over, um, we have made a slight shift in the community. Not anything against any com one community, but it is, it is my opinion that when you have a gym, because this is not the first gym that I've run, you have to have an identity. And unfortunately, because we made the gym mainly a CrossFit gym, now, you, you know, you've been here for a long time. The space that we have now for the barbell people is way smaller. So we had to choose between weightlifters, bodybuilders, and powerlifters. And if you don't know this yet, we kind of chose weightlifters. But in terms of personalities for powerlifters and weightlifters, I would say that at least the people that I've met, that there's not much of a difference. But I think that the powerlifting community like just needs a little bit more in terms of like their equipment. And I, I'm not gonna act like I understand it, but I come from a weightlifting background and a CrossFit background, blah, blah, blah. I think it is my reservation that powerlifters can do whatever they need with everything we have. 
Um, we have one combo rack now. We have a fuck ton of squat racks, a fuck ton of benches, uh, and just like your run-of-the-mill barbells. We have a couple of specialty bars. But just from my experience here, it seems like powerlifters are a little bit more particular in their equipment. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I do know some weightlifters are like that. Like it's, I know, I'm not going to call her out, but she knows who I'm talking about. She's one of my best friends. If she cannot, she's a weightlifter. If she cannot lift with kilos um, on her bar, she just like thrown off. And I'm mm-hmm. not that type of person. I am. And you're a powerlifter. <laughs> I am. Right? So I, I, I'm like really like treading carefully because I have a lot of powerlifter friends. It's okay. You can say anything you want. Yeah. But <laughs> I just think powerlifters are a little bit more anal yeah. retentive about like the equipment that they use. Dude, we had a member that I, I actually don't know his name, that took his iPhone level, put it on the fucking bench, and it was a degree off, and he was like, that's why I didn't PR. I'm like, you didn't PR because your fucking lockout sucks. Maybe you, you need some more tricep work. Um, and you're telling me that because the bench is a one degree off, that's why you didn't PR. Who is that? I, I really don't know his name. Um, I'm not a snitch, but Jordan can tell you his name. Okay. And then you have people like Lauren, Coach Lauren here, and my girlfriend lives here, I lived here, that before we fixed the back, we were lifting like lopsided, things like that. And I don't know, maybe it's just the weightlift design I know and the powerlift design I know. But if I had to pick something, that's probably like the thing. Powerlifters are just a little bit more particular about I agree. their I'm lifting. I'm very particular. If the ground is not even, if I can't use my bar that I always use, if I can't use kilos, if anything, I just, it really, it, it throws me off a lot. A okay. lot. A lot. So it's valid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. I love all of my powerlifter <laughs> friends, by the way. I'm thinking of like so many people right now but i got yeah. no issues like i wish i could be the type of person who could lift like under any circumstances anywhere i just can't and like yeah. i accept it it's fine it is what it is i mean now that i think about it when i was like a competitive weightlifter, especially when i'm in a prep forget it yeah i i've heard that about you specifically actually <laughs> recently <laughs> from when, jordan <laughs> when they told me that you were leaving i was like oh that fucking sucks i love her and then they said yeah she's like in a prep so she'll probably come back like after her prep or whatever um, and we really did try to rearrange things in the back so that it could work. Yeah. I was thinking like, I see her all the time. She's like not here when there's a lot of people here, but anyway. Yeah. Another thing that I know about you, you have a lot to say about toxicity in the fitness community. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, hell yeah. I do too. Like I'm always posting stuff when I can or when I feel like it. Cause like I've had a lot of per- firsthand experiences with like just shit people doing shit things like for no reason. And I'm like, what are you doing? So like, what are what are your like, what are some things that come to mind when I say toxic people in the fitness community? I could. There's so much that I can say about toxicity in the fitness industry, but the main issue that I have in the industry, I'm trying to think. Like, there's so many, and if I had to pick one to talk about, it's probably when people spread good messages, but they cannot do that without being negative at the same oh time God. or when people spread good messages when there's like a ton of people around and then like they don't practice that themselves that also is like a thing that i've seen hell. yeah that is also a thing yeah. that i've seen that like for example like a nutrition coach that totally does not eat well like that kind of thing if, if that's kind yeah. of making sense um like a eat well as in what like, like let's say like shit. a nutrition coach is like preaching about eating like non-processed foods and yeah. shit like that and, and then, then they're eating like cheetos the truth is they're eating like yeah exactly okay. like bags of cheetos and things like that so there's the, 
damn, I, th there's a lot of shit I can say about the fitness industry, but 99% of the shit you see on social media Not is real. just, is bullshit. Yeah. It's so fraudulent and I, I really hate it. But I think that there's a little bit of like, there's a little bit of awareness in that. Like, I think these people are aware of it. And I think that they're just like out for clout, out for views and like, just like fucking with the algorithm. Because when you say something polarizing online, generally you're gonna get conversation, generally you're gonna get engagement. And I think that that's really what is happening. That's, that's just my like little conspiracy theory. I think a lot of these people that are like blue checked and really famous and really like well known that do things like that, they're saying polarizing shit as like clickbait uh, to create some conversation uh, and therefore get people in for them. Um, but even with that, there's still a lot of fucking bullshit that goes on uh, in the industry. And I, I seriously could talk about it for hours, I think. I feel like that could be like its own episode. Oh, you yeah. kidding me? Absolutely. Yeah. Save that thought. <laughs> like there's so much. Let's just have a fucking round table of exposing uh -huh. the fitness industry. <laughs> it's there's so much shit. So are there any of your own beliefs that you believed at one time and that you don't believe anymore? Yes. I learned a lot of the things that I learned as a result of uh, messing things up. And my high school French teacher told me that the best way to learn French is to fuck French up. And I took that as basically a, like a philosophy throughout my life. Um, one thing that I, when I first got like bit by the CrossFit bug that happened was I basically became the super dogmatic person. I was like, if it's not CrossFit, it doesn't work, <laughs> which is like ass backwards, yeah. right? And that's definitely one thing that I don't think anymore. I use CrossFit as like the core of all of my training when it comes to like training clients and things like that. And again, I am running across the gym because I know that it works, but I'm not the type of person to think that one way is the way anymore. That is the main thing that I grew out of. It took a while. I would say maybe after three or four years of doing CrossFit, like religiously, I would say that I grew out of it. Um, but now when I see people that are super like, this is the only way, it's like super cringy. And that's like one of the other things that, you know, I could go on for hours about in terms of shit in the fitness industry. Um, but yeah, that's one major thing that I let go of as I grew. That's good. That doesn't sound too healthy. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Very close-minded. Like being close-minded is just not good as a human Yeah. in general. You know what I mean? As, and so as a coach, and people pay a lot of fucking money too. And I, I never want to look like one of those like assholes online. So that also has a lot to do with it, which is like, I guess an admission on my part. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, remain open-minded. That's like, that's my biggest advice to people. In, in, in general? In general, yeah. yeah. So what's up with your knee? How did, how did that happen? So my right knee got fucked up in 2012. Um, I was playing basketball and I tried to basically like in like normal people terms, I tried to step through two people and my, my right knee hyperextended and I tore my ACL and my meniscus. Mm. Now the important details, you'll never know if it's gonna happen to you or not. Like we knock on wood and hope it doesn't. But that day, this is funny actually, I was following a West Side barbell powerlifting split. Mm. Yeah, because it fit in with CrossFit. I was trying to get stronger. So I had just done like a max effort day I think I did, I'm pretty sure I did back squats, low bar back squats. And so I'm saying that because my, my, my body was already super fatigued. My legs, my quads, my hamstrings, my glutes were already super fatigued. And then I went to go play basketball that night and that's what happened. 
So I want to say it might be that. Um, that was 2012. In 2015, I flew home from Curacao to get it fixed. So I was walking around with one ACL for like three years. Um, I was fine for the most part, but at some point it started like buckling randomly. Uh, so I had to get it fixed. And then in 2020, I was crawling in an operation in a training operation for the fire department on my hands and knees. And I guess I got up and because the ACL um, was kind of lax, my tibia shifted and my knees swelled up like a grapefruit. And I didn't think anything of it because I've been used to swelling since the first surgery. So I didn't think anything of it. And then they sent me to the hospital to get it checked out. They initially thought that my meniscus was torn, um, but when they took an MRI, they found out the ACL wasn't torn, but it was just too lax to hold for the, the movements that I was trying to do. So they got me fixed up. Initially, they used a dead person, a cadaver, to fix my ACL, but this time they took my quad tendon out of the same knee. As a result, my quads were super weak after surgery. Um, and yeah, but now, so now three years later, almost, I'm basically in the best shape of my life in terms of my, uh, my joint health, I would say. Um, obviously, besides when I was maybe younger and didn't care about anything. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what's up with my knee. It's all good now. Yeah. Did you ever have to like take time off from the gym? Yes. How long? I had to take time off because of surgery. That was about a, I want to say like a five or six month like time where I couldn't do anything but PT. So obviously I was like trying to stay in the gym to do like upper body stuff. Um, I think there's some research about working the unaffected leg, um, but I didn't do that because I was just like crazy. If I was going to work my left leg, I wanted to work my right leg. So I just didn't do it. So those are probably the longest layoffs I've had from the gym. But outside of that, I've never taken a, a prolonged time away. So did this whole process like affect your mental health? If, if it affected my mental health, it made me better. That, so obviously like when you first, cause I've been through the surgery twice. When you first get done with surgery, you're kind of like, well, what the fuck now? I didn't have anything to do. Like, especially because they repaired my meniscus. So I was non-weight bearing. So some of the times I couldn't even walk on my leg for I think 13 weeks. They didn't let me put any weight on my leg. So that was super demotivating. Um, but both times I had a really good support system around me. Um, so once you get past like the initial couple, for me, it was honestly a couple days that I was like down in the dumps. And then after that, you kind of just like keep it moving and, you know, launch yourself into rehab. And that's basically what I did. I like to think of myself as a pretty stoic person. Uh, obviously I'm human, so I have my, my good days and bad days. Uh, but that's that's me out, like in every facet in any goal. So rehab was just another like workout plan for me, basically, that I attacked. Okay. Thank God. Like I have not had any injury experience yet. Thank God. But I had like my first taste of something like I was doing some type of like split squat variation. And like on my last rep, like I just felt something. I don't know if it was like a tear or something but like I like almost fell to the ground because like, it hurt so much and then I just started crying literally on the floor in the gym with like a bunch of people around me and my first thought was like oh my god I'm never gonna squat again but like it's nothing compared to what you went to went through but like it's, it's it's scary it's scary to like think that oh my god like is this something that's gonna affect me forever yeah but it probably never is like no. injuries are never as bad as you as you like make them out to be in your head 
Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. The human body is a very amazing thing. Yeah. And we're strong. Like, our body, like, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, we're so fragile. We're made of glass. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. You can get through anything. Exactly. Yeah, no, I 1,000% I, I agree. Yeah. So, you said that you were doing, like, a West Side program when this when your knee injury happened? Yeah, yeah. Would, yeah. You, ever, would you ever do powerlifting? I like, probably would not. try it out? I probably would not just because I am very stubborn and I still have some very lofty goals um, just as a as an athlete in general. Um, like one of them being a 330 power clean, which I'm like six pounds away from. Um, it's just been one of my like lifetime goals. So maybe like after that, like maybe there'll be room for something like that. But I'm honestly probably going to go back to CrossFit. There's nothing against powerlifting. Yeah. But I say I'm stubborn because I want to do something that I know I'm good at. Like I know I have a talent for. Um, that's actually why I got into weightlifting to begin with. Because I was competing as a, a CrossFitter. And you kind of can tell where your ceiling is. At least for me. Maybe this, there's, there's pro- you can argue back and forth. There's probably more potential for me uh, to be found because I clearly have a talent for it as well. But weightlifting got me, and I made it further as a weightlifter than I ever did as a CrossFitter, even though I didn't go that far. Um, but that's 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 my take. I think as a powerlifter, I'd be really shitty. I, I don't, don't agree with that. I think you would be good. <laughs> I, I think just because of who I am, I would oh, end up being your, good. Your personality, you mean? Like the yeah, type of person? Okay. I think I'd end up being good. Okay. Um, but I'm all, yeah, like numbers don't lie, right? I know people that are in much lower weight classes than me that out-squat me. Oh out pull me out bench press me and those same people i'm like you know when they like i'm thinking of like a couple a couple people that can do those things but have snatching clean and jerk numbers that are nowhere near mine you know what i mean yeah. when i was competing um so i i just want to be good in what i'm competing in so may, maybe maybe we'll see maybe it depends it, it, it really depends. De- it really depends <laughs> yeah again it, it depends on on what's next for me yeah um so if you could play basketball professionally, would you? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's I, So it's it's funny. I, uh, I actually made an IG post about it today about, like, the fact that I love basketball so much and I kind of feel ashamed of it because there was no chance for me. Like, there was probably no chance for me ever to play basketball professionally. I'm a 5'7 person. Uh, I need glasses to play, things like that. I've always been very athletic, and I guess I can shoot. But that's about it. Like, I, I never really liked organized basketball. But in terms of if I could ever play professionally, I most certainly would. I'm, and I'm sure it carries over, like, to weightlifting and CrossFit, right? What, in terms like, of what? Like, playing basketball? Like, yeah, yeah, I would say so. You play? Okay. Yeah, like, so I am, I got roped into a in-house competition on May 7 here. Um, oh. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm finding that, like, me playing basketball kept my aerobic system really developed. It's definitely not the same as CrossFit, um, but the, the the basketball definitely did transfer, and even to weightlifting. Like, I practice a lot of like jump training and things like that, just so that my body's like prepared for the demands of basketball, and my like snatches and my cleans and my squats are going up, and it's crazy. I actually understand scientifically what's going on now, um, but that's a long conversation, so I won't get into that. But yes, basketball does absolutely transfer into CrossFit and weightlifting for for me at for this you. time. Okay, so if the founder of CrossFit were to walk in to this room right now, is there anything that you would want to tell him? Like no consequences, no negative repercussions, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're talking, so there have been multiple, uh, you're saying the founder, the founder, sorry. The founder. Yeah, I would tell him first that he needs to get a better publicist 
because he has made a fool of himself over the years. How? I, I like, I'm not connected to the CrossFit scene at all. So there, I mistaken, I, I like made a mistake and thought you were saying uh, the, like the CEO. There have been multiple CEOs in the past couple of years because the, the founder the orig- and the original CEO uh, made some crazy like racist comment and we, we canceled mm-hmm. the shit out of him. Everyone de-affiliated um, and then they had a new person step up. But he's just like not very politically correct. Um, he's just kind of an asshole and he's kind of a dick. But everyone in CrossFit that's been doing CrossFit for as long as I've been doing it or more so over a decade, knows him as coach, just coach. Like he, Greg Glassman, he's gonna be that guy forever, no matter like how much of a piece of shit he's acted like. Um, so in addition to telling him he needs a better publicist, I would tell him thank you, because he literally is the reason why I have a career. Personal training is a completely separate thing for me. I was a career personal trainer, but I'm a CrossFit coach like through and through. It afforded me this opportunity here at Jersey City Barbell with Jordan and Kim. Like if I, if I didn't have this experience in CrossFit, they would have never even looked at me. You know what I mean? Like I'm not here because Jordan's my friend. I'm here because Jordan knows what I've done. And I've done all of this stuff because of the founder of CrossFit technically. So yeah, get a better publicist and thanks for creating the thing that changed my life. Still talking about controversy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what, are, what are your controversial <clears throat> CrossFit weightlifting hot takes? My controversial CrossFit weightlifting hot takes. So, despite what it might look like on social media, I don't have many controversial takes. Really? No. Hmm. I guess if something would be considered controversial, I think people are way too fucking scared of this interference effect. It's this phenomenon where... It's just, it's been studied and you can Google interference effect, but people are way too scared to do cardio when they're barbell athletes, which is stupid. Um, there has been research put out in, in, in like recent years that talks about like, for example, if you're a powerlifter and you're training to get maximum strength, like some people in that community might be scared to like touch a treadmill or something like that. Maybe. Right. And there's been some research. I won't quote it so I don't misquote it, but you basically have to do like four to five 60 minute sessions of like actual cardio to have like any type of interference. You know, when you're at the elite level to not risk that, I understand. But when you're like us, like yeah, in the 99th percentile, people. like do your fucking cardio. Yeah. Like, do, like it's for your health. And even if it does like interfere with your workout, like isn't that like, at what cost? Like you're, you're like, your heart is a muscle. It's healthy. Mm-hmm. So I think I would rather that. I would even argue that like doing something like that would probably improve you yeah. because like when your aerobic system is developed, you recover better workout to workout, you recover better set to set, rep to rep. So why not develop your aerobic system even though you're not an aerobic athlete? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, that's probably the most controversial take. I that's could probably it. argue with people about <laughs> that. Uh, what else? Because see, the things that the things that would be considered controversial are now no longer controversial. There's no debate anymore. Like full range of motion lifts, fucking do them. Like th- that's not a debate anymore. Knees going over your toes is a bad thing. We yeah. don't think that anymore. Um, what else? Uh, stretching is bullshit, uh, sorta, but there's value in it again it depends on the application depends on the individual uh what else is considered controversial kipping pull-ups like if you're still complaining about crossfitters doing kipping pull-ups you're probably an idiot honestly 
you probably just don't understand application. You probably don't understand um, sport. You probably don't understand certain things. And you're probably just like someone that. So back in the day when I was training people, a lot of people that I probably took members from or took clients from because I was doing CrossFit probably hated me for that. And they just wanted to pick something. And the kipping pull up is inherently a more dangerous movement than a strict pull up um, if you're not prepared for it. You know what I mean? But if you're prepared properly and taught properly, then there should be no problem. And all the crossfitters I know that can do hundreds of kipping pull-ups can also do tens or twenties of strict pull-ups. How many can you do? Uh, kipping or strict? Both. Uh, at this time, I'm pretty heavy right now. Like CrossFit me was like 170 pounds and I walk around around 200 pounds now. So strict pull-ups, I'll probably like bust out like 12. Right now, kipping pull-ups, I don't know, 20, mm-hmm. something like that. That's good. That's more than me. I can do zero and zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so these are this portion is going to be like the questions that people submitted on Instagram. Oh, juicy. Okay. I only did a couple. Um, so someone asked squat, bench, or deadlift. I'm assuming that they want you to pick one. That's that's all. That's the question. Squat, bench, or deadlift. Squat. Squat. Okay. Certainly. I hate the other two. Which one do you hate more, bench or deadlift? Probably the bench. How much? What's your What's your max? My bench. max bench all time yeah. has been 285. So like 130 oh, kilos okay. as a crossfitter. So I was about like 170. Yeah. Do you, your deadlift? My best deadlift is 440. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, how many kilos is that? It's like, 200. Yeah. My, my brain is like in kilos. Yeah. I and made you sure could, you I, me, I wanted to hit pounds, that. You can tell me pounds and I'm like, I don't want to know what that is. <laughs> yeah. It's, I have a shitty yeah. deadlift. There's no such thing as a shitty deadlift. I have a pretty low deadlift relative to everything else. Yeah. Okay, so the next question. What is the wildest thing you've seen in the gym? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) The wildest thing I've seen in the gym. Damn, that's so crazy. Like, where do I start? Yeah. I was thinking about, like, how I would answer it. I don't even know. Because, like, I guess I'm kind of lucky because, like, I didn't spend much time in, like, just regular commercial gyms. I, I came here straight. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing really wild that I've seen in, like, oh, strength gyms. I know the wildest thing. What? Let's hear it. It's be- it's the same person, and you and I both know who it is. Okay. It's between the the kipping tricep pushdowns, like the momentum tricep pushdowns on our, on our rope machine, or the loading every fucking 45 in the gym on the sled and pushing it a literal millimeter uh, at a time. It's the same no. person. Oh my that god. That is actually yes. the wildest thing I've ever seen. Like I <laughs> Why do you gotta do that? Like honestly, what are you doing that it's for? It's one of those two things. That's oh probably god. honestly the wildest thing like, I've ever seen. I'm not seen even trying day. to talk shit, but like you mm, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'll I'll edit this part out. But like what are you doing? Honestly. I don't know what he's like, doing, to be honest with like, you. Like one time I was like benching and he was like and I'm like, yo, can you not? Well, you were moving a lot yeah. more than he was moving. <laughs> he, he does not move that far at all. And then, like, sometimes I overhear him talking to other people, and I'm like, yo, you're, like, not talking any sense. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think someone's told me that, that he actually, like, some people look to him as, like, I don't know, a guide for some reason. Why? Because he does that shit? Probably because he makes a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Again, when people make noise, you know, people tend yeah, to people pay attention. Yeah, people want to listen. Yeah. Like, it's unfortunate. That's another, uh, uh, yeah. it's another thing. He, he was trying to say, like, oh, you can't, like, your triceps aren't working because you have, like, stress in your jaw. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. No. 
But that, again, that's not something that's abnormal to me because I, I kind of grew up watching people in global gyms do dumb shit. Oh you know what I mean? So there's always like that one person that just does the same thing every single day. That just so happens to be an outrageous routine that he has. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what is your motivation to work out daily? I have goals. So my motivation comes from the lofty goals that I've set for myself. I don't like to speak my goals out too much, but you already know one of them. Yeah. I want to clean 150 kilos and uh, well power clean 150 kilos because i've already cleaned it i've always been known like in my weightlifting community as like the person that power cleans a lot and powers everything so i like i like that because it demonstrates like athleticism arguably more than the full lift like the full lifting so the squat clean squat snatches it's it's an athletic movement and it requires a lot of mobility but to catch it high requires like a certain amount of literal power that you just you can't do it if you don't have that requisite amount of power. So I like to do that. It's sort of a flex. Good for you. So what? what is, what is, no, honestly, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> like, weird. I'm not. <laughs> That's I'm not amazing. I know, I know, I know, I know. This is actually the first conversation we've had Yeah, because like, I don't, ever. I don't talk like when I'm training. Yeah, like, it, it makes it, sense. Yeah, like I, I get distracted. I lose my focus. Yeah. But then sometimes I'm like, I hope no one feels like I'm being rude. No, no, no. Because, like, I'm not. I just assume because you're a powerlifter, yeah. you're very particular, so I no. won't interrupt no, anything. No. You know what I mean? Like, the best time to talk to me, like, when I'm in the gym is before or after, not during. Yeah. Not during. I feel that. Yeah. Um. So, my motivation to work out daily is you can't leave things unfinished. And, like, it's, it's part of, like, your day-to-day -day thing. Like, something that Jordan, other Jordan with the dread says, you know, you brush your teeth every day. You do this every day. You do that every day. You work out every day. I like that. So, yeah. Like even even I like when I don't want to, I'm like, yo, like you can't you can't be a pussy. Mm -hmm. Like you got to do it. Just do it. I agree. So, next question: What would your perfect gym consist of, as well as the vibe from others? My perfect gym would consist of similar to this. Like no shit. This is actually like the setup I've dreamed of. Like it's like every facet of it. It's in my hometown of Jersey City. There's a CrossFit side, there's a weightlifting side, but perfect gym, I would have the CrossFit side be huge, open, no pillars in the middle, just a big ass box. Um, probably that's with the how same it's equipment. To be, right? That's how it's that's supposed to be. Yeah. That's called boxes. That's why they're called boxes, yeah. Probably the same equipment. And then the barbell side would have just like a row of beautiful platforms all the fancy uh, weightlifting gear, all the kilo plates, pound plates for some people, and then a big ass like turf um, to do like plyometric stuff um, and a basketball court. So yeah. we're pretty close to it, honestly, to my, for my perfect setup, maybe just more space, but that's, I'm pretty sure everyone could say that. Yeah. Why do assistance work? Anyone Health? That. Yeah. Um, why do assistance work? Assistance work, it again, it depends on application, yeah. but generally it's the way that I program it for my people. And again, I'm speaking mostly on weightlifters and like gen pop people. It's to bring up weaknesses, to bring up weaknesses, imbalances, things like that. It's to improve general physical preparedness. Like just cause like throughout the, the like a year, there's going to be sometimes where you're peaking, where you're not going to be doing a lot of things that are not like in, in your case, let's say the squat bench and the deadlift, you're going to keep your accessory exercises up so you can keep your joints happy. You know what I mean? Um, and again, if you have imbalances, those will help with that as well. So do your assistance work. That's, yeah. that's all I can tell people. Yeah. Like a lot there, it's like basically meme culture where everyone is like skipping their assistance work, accessories, cardio. And I'm like, you're literally 
you're literally throwing gains away. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, yeah, you're leaving shit on yeah. the table. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can only get so much from just just squatting, benching, and deadlifting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a weak lockout, do your tricep assistance work. If you're weak off your fucking chest, do your pec stuff or your shoulder stuff. I don't know how shit works in powerlifting. Mm, you know what I mean? I just I just powerlift. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but the assistance work is there for a reason. Yeah. Whether it's to build up weak parts of your competition list or it's to build up the rest of your body so that you can stay in your sport. Yeah. So the next question is geared towards me, but I'll modify it. Do you see your sport is weightlifting? I'd say weightlifting. Yeah. Okay. So do you see weightlifting as a forever sport or do you think it's something that has an end date? That's a loaded question because I think you can do it as long as you want. But I do know that some people at the highest level, like I've seen people that don't want to compete as a master because it's like an asterisk if you win. I think that's kind of silly. But I also get it. I don't get it from experience because I've never been at like the highest level. But I know that some people don't want to compete in like these like older di- older divisions uh, because of that quote unquote asterisk. I am not that type of person. I think that you can do weightlifting as long as you want, as long as you stay healthy. But as with anything, once you start using weightlifting as a sport instead of like a general program, that's when things start to get a little bit more dangerous. Like in terms of like injury and things like that, injury risk. So yeah, you can do anything forever. It just depends on the level you want to participate at. I I probably will never not be doing some type of clean in my workouts. Never. I would, yeah, probably. Clean is probably going to be forever in my workout regime somewhere. That's a good answer. But for me, honestly, I think I will do powerlifting for as long as I want to. And I haven't not wanted to do it, right, like ever since now. So I think I'm going to do it until I don't want to do it. So I guess. So like I, literally I, when you yeah. feel like you don't want to do it, you mean? Yeah. That makes sense. That make, that makes sense. Yeah. I I think I when I stepped away from weightlifting, it was just because I just didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. That would be like the only reason. Um, a lot of people say that powerlifting is dangerous. And I'm like, it's only dangerous if you make it dangerous. Like if your program is good, if you're like taking care of yourself, if your joint health is good, then it's not. Yeah. It's not. Like, the only thing that makes it dangerous is, like, your fucking ego. Like, if you're touching Absolutely. weights that you don't need to be touching, if you're doing stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, if you're constantly going off program, and if my, my coach listens to this, he's going to, like, laugh at me. Do you but, go off program a lot? Yeah, but <sighs> insignificantly. Like, like, when things are feeling good, you'll go higher than No, no, no. Not, not, I, don't, I don't mess around with my main lifts. Like, I'll do different accessories. I'll oh, do, I'll okay. do, like, weighted planks when I'm not supposed to be doing weighted planks. I'll, like, you know... I'll max out on accessories, mm-hmm. but like I won't, I won't really mess around with my main lifts. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, but I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, things definitely get a little sketchy when you go off program. You're <clears> right. <throat> you could definitely keep things as safe as you want to. There's an inherent yeah. risk with any sport. Like I was saying, like if you're just doing powerlifting as like a normal person and you just want to use powerlifting as your you know choice of movements, then you could probably be as safe as you want. Yeah. But again, when you step into the realm of sport and competition. You have to take risks sometimes, you know, like maybe you'll try, there's going to be a point where you have something on your back or in your hands that you've never done before. And there's always an inherent risk to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think, I think we agree with each other. Yeah. So this is the last question. Um, do you prefer training alone or do you prefer training with like training partners? I like to train alone. Me too. Yeah. I like to train alone. I, I appreciate when people are around, like I can, I can always appreciate it, but the most disciplined I am is when I'm alone coming from a competitive weightlifting and even CrossFit background, 
I trained my best when I was alone. Um, you're going to push yourself to different places when you're with people. But like we're talking about going off program, that that happens more often when I'm with somebody. I'm like, oh, this guy's here. I'm going to go up just a little bit above 90% instead of doing the 90% I was supposed to do. And I can always feel it like the next day. You know what I mean? When I do something stupid like that. But for that reason and that reason alone, I prefer to train alone. Some people have an issue with pushing themselves when they're alone. I do not have that issue. Um, I'll change my answer. I'll say basically what you said. Like, I appreciate when people are around, but sometimes, like, if like, I'm training, right? Like, I have to be in the right mindset. Like, if there's people around me and they're having side conversations and there's, like, this group and this group and this group, or, like, it distracts me. And sometimes, like, when they come over to talk to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'll, I'll like, get involved in the conversation and then, like, there goes my workout. Yeah. So I also am bothered when I need, like, a spot. Or, like, I need someone to, like, basically protect me. Yeah. And, like, there's no one there. So, I guess, like, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like, as long as you're there and you're not bothering me, but you're also there to, like, help me if I need you. Yeah. That's, that's I guess cool. that's a good thing. Yeah. So, I, as a powerlifter, maybe yeah. I would change my answer at some point, but I, I don't need anything. I don't need anyone to spot me on anything. But then, like, there's also, like, days where, like, I walk in the gym and there's no one there and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm here alone. I want to go home. <laughs> Damn, I can't. I can't relate. I just yeah. I, when I, once I get going, I get going. Usually, it's just it's just me and me. I'm like if I'm gonna have a bad day or if I'm not gonna train, it's my own fault. It's not because there's people in the gym. Or yeah, it does not. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. definitely. If I had to choose, it would be alone. Sometimes I'll even train without music. Mm, I don't know. I have to have something. Like I have to have like a podcast or like music or something. I like the sound of the bar. Yeah. Cause like if if there's nothing, I'm like oh my god, like I'm breathing so heavy, I'm making all these weird noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can um, see that, but I yeah, I don't I don't have that issue. Yeah. Um. So that was our podcast. Shit. Yeah. So abrupt. Thank you. I don't I don't know how to like that was transition. So fun. <laughs> that was so fun. Do you have any other comments? Uh, any uh, closing any remarks? Comments? Anything you would like to say or share? Um. The only thing I want to say is that we definitely need to record a fitness. Uh, exposing the fitness industry podcast maybe get some other people on yeah and i guess in that same breath i am thankful that you brought me on i'm very honored that i'm your first guest on the barbells and bullshit podcast that's amazing um and yeah that's probably all i could say